Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 54 of ADHD for Smartass Women. all know how I feel about gold stars. You know, encouragement, appreciation, praise. It really helps our ADHD brains to stay motivated. And I'm going to tell you that I am no exception. So I'm going to start with a wonderful review from Amy Wilson in Sydney, Australia. And this is what Amy says about our podcast. Tracy, I had to pause and stop midway through listening to your RSD part two to write this. Your podcast has given me so many light bulb moments. Thank you for giving us this podcast. You have helped me connect the dots to so many of my symptoms of ADHD, many of which I had no conscious awareness of until now. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I will write properly to you via email. However, I needed to get this review done right now. Knowing ADHD, I will forget or just plain procrastinate. I've written this purely stream of consciousness, so I apologize for my grammar. Hope this makes sense. Speak soon, and thank you from a fellow ADHDer from Sydney, Australia. Thank you so much for your kind words, Amy. Your comments, they truly motivate me to keep me going. So I really appreciate them, and I wish you the best in 2020. So what are we going to do today? Today, I've invited Esther Nagel to our podcast. Esther Nagel is a yoga teacher, author, and writer from South Wales in the UK. She is also an expert in breathing. Welcome, Esther. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. And I'm so pleased to be on this podcast. You have no idea how excited I've been about this. <laughs> well, we're so pleased to have you. And I just want to confirm you're a smartass, right? You also are you're I one absolutely of us? am. <laughs> I am, yes. Your your Facebook group and the podcast has been um Well, I think you've saved my sanity on a few occasions in the last few weeks. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. So the first thing Mm -hmm. I want to do is I want to tell our listeners, and of course you, why I wanted to have you talk to us today. 
So a couple of weeks ago, we had Diane Winterett on our podcast, and she did an excellent job teaching us about how beneficial meditation is to our ADHD brains. And since then, I've had this little voice continually pop up and say to, my, say to me, you know, that voice inside of our heads, well, what about breathing? You know, breathing mm. has been something I have always struggled with. As some background, my husband and I took Lamaze classes when I was pregnant with my daughter, and I never got it. I remember literally sitting in this room thinking, this is the stupidest thing. I'm not going to do this. How can this work? And so I didn't. Then we did Bikram yoga for probably five years. And I know it's considered type A yoga, and it's probably not even considered real yoga among yogis. But it, it's the yoga where you're in this heated room. It's 114 degrees. But I think there was something about it and my ADHD brain, the intensity of it, that it really mm. made a difference for me. And we would start and end every session with what they called pranayama. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Which basically means breathing, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and even then, after five years, I never got it. I... I didn't know, was I supposed to be breathing in? Was I supposed to be breathing out? Mm. Was I supposed to be breathing through my nose or my mouth? And, and then last week, my family and I went to Disneyland. And I suspect that this might also be an ADHD thing just because of you know how everything we experience, we experience so intensely, but I hate rides. And I especially hate those scary rides with the steep drops. I remember when I was mm -hmm. a kid, I had so much anxiety around amusement parks, but you know, my kids want to go and I don't want to be a poop. So I do. And I did. I went on the damn ride and this ride, it wasn't so scary. It was Splash Mountain, but it has this giant drop at the end. And so the ride starts and I'm thinking, why the hell did I agree to this? And that's when I thought about the meditation podcast with Diane Winger. And so we're passing through singing beavers and Splash Mountain. And I'm thinking, I am certainly going to die. And we're going around the bend. And I'm thinking, you are so stupid to have agreed to this. And I'm using Diane um, Winger's um, meditation kind of process, one of the ones she shared. And so I'm seeing this stack of post-it notes. And I'm writing on the post-it note, whatever's on my mind, you know, and telling myself, I'm pulling it off the stack of post-it notes and I'm telling myself, oh, that's just a thought. And it kind of worked until we got to the top of the big downward drop and out of the blue, I don't know where it came from, but something came out of me that just said, breathe. And I took one huge five second breath and then I blew it out slowly as we went down that chute. And I swear, Esther, it worked. My anxiety was literally, as I'm going down this thing, was almost gone. And because I felt so much better about that one ride, I went on the other rides and I wasn't all stressed out like I always am. And then, of course, you know how our reticula reticular activating systems work when you're focused on one thing, like I was focused on breathing all of a sudden. In our Facebook group, I see members have posted recently about breathing, and then I saw some tweets about mm -hmm. ADHD and breathing on my Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. And so I've been thinking a lot about breathing, and then out of the blue, I discover you, Esther, an <laughs> expert in breathing, whose biggest passion is teaching people how to breathe. So, Esther, it was destiny. <laughs> It was. It absolutely was. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things that you told me was that the more you look into ADHD, the more you believe that learning to breathe properly is a really powerful tool that we can use to manage our ADHD brains. And 
you also said that you could connect breath to so many of your own personal struggles stemming from ADHD. Um, you're also really open about the fact that you struggled with mental health issues, you know, depression, um, anger, addiction. I don't know if you said anxiety and that your life yeah. has literally been changed by learning how to breathe. And so I'm going to ask you one mm -hmm. question and then I'm going to be quiet because I know <laughs> it's an ADHD <laughs> thing, right? So why do yeah. you think breathing is so important to all of us generally, but especially to those of us with ADHD brains? Well, there's lots and lots of reasons why, um, why breathing well is, is really important. But particularly for ADHD, and I mean, I'm still kind of processing all this, um, really, because I've only, it's only about two months since I had my official diagnosis of ADHD. Wow. And I've been learning so much um, in the last couple of months and since I've been in your group as well, I've learned lots from, from the conversations in there. But I'm thinking about all this all the time and seeing lots of things coming up. And one of the biggest challenges, uh, well, I mean, there are many challenges, but one of the biggest challenges that affects me particularly is emotional regulation. Um, I, I, you know, I feel things so passionately. I fall in love at the drop of a hat and then my heart is broken five minutes later and it's devastating, you know, and it's all of those extremes of emotions. And one of the things that I know helped me when I first started doing my yoga teacher training and learning to breathe, I'd gone through a very difficult time. I'd had a breakdown and I was in a real bad way mentally when I started my training. And I, as I started to learn to breathe properly, doing the pranayama practices that I had to do in order to be able to teach them, I started to notice that my emotional reaction to things was changing, that I wasn't getting so angry. I wasn't uh, having such um, road rage. I was a terrible, angry driver. And I started to be a much calmer driver. And I wasn't so uh, easily irritated by the arguments that I would be having with my ex and all the little things that used to send me into an absolute rage suddenly weren't bothering me anymore because I was taking deeper breaths. I was slowing down. I was taking a pause before I reacted to things and taking that deep breath. And, and that, I mean, this was years before I even begun to think about ADHD, but this started to change my life. And it was this that was a big factor in my being able to give up drinking and smoking um, five years ago. And so as I've kind of worked more with my breath and I've looked at the difference that it's made in my life, even before I realized I had ADHD, I know that breath and our emotions are just so intimately connected. And um, if you can control your breath, then you can control your emotions because the breath is very connected to the nervous system, which is, of course, where our emotions kind of work. You know, our, our emotions and our nervous system are very connected and it's all connected to the breath. So we can calm ourselves through the breath. We can um, help ourselves to relax through the breath. Um, I know that insomnia is a big problem for people with ADHD because you can't shut your mind off. You can't get those thoughts to stop going in your mind. But if you focus on your breath, even though that focus might be really hard, if you just try and concentrate on your deep, slow breathing, 
It helps you to relax your body. It helps you to relax your mind. And it gives you something else to think about besides what you're thinking about, which might be completely irrelevant to your life, but will stop you sleeping nonetheless. So it gives you that focus and it gives you the calming that really helps to just just bring everything down to a manageable level in your head. Um, and of course, it does also help with focus. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if you are feeling very um, ADHD-ish and your mind is running in 15 different directions every second, slowing your breath down and just bringing your attention to your breath, even if it's only for a couple of minutes, just taking that time out to just slow down and focus on that breath for just a couple of seconds even can help to just slow down the traffic in your brain and to slow down the thoughts and just to get a bit of clarity and maybe find the one thought that you actually want to try and focus on. So it's it's very powerful in in many, many ways. But I find particularly for me, what I have the way that I've benefited the most has been through that emotional regulation. Um, and that's not, it's not perfect. You know, it's not, I have no problems with anxiety anymore, far from it, but it helps in those moments when I recognize that I'm having an anxiety moment, I can come back to my breath and I can bring myself back down out of that. Um, and sleep, I, I used to suffer from terrible insomnia when I was a lot, uh, until I started learning to breathe. And now I don't have such problems with insomnia and the focus, which, which is a, obviously a common issue. Um, so it really helps with those those main things that seem to be very common issues for people with ADHD. It really helps. So when you're, when you're breathing, when you learn to focus on your breath and you learn how to breathe properly, what you're saying is this helps the ADHD brain not only become more attentive, more focused, but it also helps it to be more relaxed at the same time. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, there, there's the, it will help to relax you, um, physically and mentally. So, you know, if, if, if you are mentally tense or physically and the two go together most of the time anyway, but it is very relaxing when we, um, it comes back to the nervous system. So the, when you're stressed, the kind of breathing that you do when you're stressed, when you're anxious is generally very shallow, um, short, fast breaths. But then when you, take the deep, slower breaths, it triggers the um, parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relaxation response. So it actually triggers the, the nervous system into relaxing. So that slow breath, even, even just three breaths will trigger that um, different nervous system response. Well, and we're known, I mean, those of us with ADHD, we tend to have nervous systems that are a bit out of whack at times. Right. <laughs> and I've, I've actually, what I've heard, um, and I want to confirm it, um, is that when you breathe, what you're, the reason this is all working is because you're delivering more oxygen to your brain. Yes, mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, to your, to your whole body, but yes, it, it definitely will deliver more oxygen to your brain and it's clearing out the carbon dioxide as well. So it's helping to release, um, you know, to release the waste as well. And I, I think that there's something really quite powerful in that out breath as well, that sense of release. When you, you know, when you take, when you breathe out, you're kind of letting go. So if you're feeling really tense and really anxious, 
if you really focus on that out-breath and think about the fact that you're letting go, it's like you're letting go of your anxiety as well. And you can really feel that sense of release and relaxation that comes from that. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and so, that's really funny because most people do. As soon as you start talking about breathing, most people will say, oh, I'm breathing differently. Totally. <laughs> because what we know... You you said, um, what was it you said? Um, I was listening to one of your podcasts today and you said what we focus on grows or yeah. something like that. Gets bigger. So you're thinking about your breath now. So your body is naturally breathing properly. And that is what it does. It, this is why it's so wonderful. Once you start thinking about it, your body remembers what it's supposed to do. And then over time, I'm sure they've actually <laughs> had studies that show that it can change brain, brainwave patterns as well. So you've got more healthy Mm -hmm. alpha waves over time rather than less. Yeah. Okay. So it's a powerful, amazing thing to do. It really is. It's wonderful. So can you tell us how do we breathe properly? Like the questions I asked at the beginning, I don't know if you're supposed to be breathing in or breathing out, breathing through your nose, breathing through your mouth. Can you just start like, I don't know what breathing for dummies. Mm -hmm. How about that? Okay. So the, so with regards to the nose and the mouth, the the nose is what we're supposed to breathe through. Um, there are pranayama practices that involve breathing through the mouth, but by the large, we should be breathing through our nose. The nose is designed for breathing. Um, inside the nose, we've got these little fine hairs. They are there to filter the air. There's um, I was listening to a, 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 a TED talk the other day, and I was, you know, being ADHD, I was listening to lots of TED Talks while cleaning, so I don't remember all the details. Um, but he was saying that there's about 70 different functions that the nose actually fulfills. And that kind of blew me away a little bit. But so it's partly about filtering the air, and there's lots of other stuff it does as well. So we should be breathing through the nose. Now, I know um, I used to breathe through my mouth all the time, and I am sure that that was part of why my um, my mind was so erratic because I know now, having done breathing through my nose for a few years after breathing through my mouth, when I can't breathe through my nose, I find it really hard to control my breath. As I've already said, when we can control our breath, we can control our emotions. So if you can't control your breath, then you, you can't control your emotions so much. So if you're breathing through your mouth all the time, you're not in control of it as much and so i really think that that in terms of you know the health of the body we need to breathe through our nose but also for our mental health we should be breathing through our nose that's my theory um based on what i know i've been like in the different stages of like my own breathing so i think that nose breathing is is biologically what we should be doing and it's also the best way for us to breathe for our mental well-being so that's the first thing. Breathe in and out through your nose. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So um, not, no. Oh, okay. So you're talking, you breathe in and out through your nose. It's not breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. No, in and out through oh. the nose. Oh, so what's your mouth for? Yeah. <laughs> talking. Mouth is for eating. Mouth is for eating and talking. And okay. Consent. Well, that's where I got it totally wrong. Okay. <laughs> so just the nose. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like I said, there are some practices and there are other styles of yoga that will teach other things, but this is where I've come from. This is the training that Mm -hmm. I've had. And this is, this 
style of yoga that I've trained in is the only thing that has actually had such a positive impact on my mental health. I've done lots of different styles of yoga in the past and this one worked. Um, so I think that there's, I think that there's a lot behind this. You will find other teachers who will say something different because there's different ways of approaching everything. Um, but certainly I, when I teach people to breathe, I'll teach in and out through the nose, unless we're doing a particular practice that involves breathing out through the mouth. Okay. Um, but mostly it's through the nose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so then the next thing you need to think about when you're thinking about your breath is your posture. Um, and a lot of us, I mean, most of us breathe really badly until we consciously learn otherwise. We um, we come into this world knowing how to breathe perfectly. Small babies breathe with the full capacity of their lungs. But as we grow up, we learn to slouch. We sit in front of the television. We sit at desks. We, we develop all kinds of bad habits and bad posture. So one of the benefits of yoga is that it improves your posture. And one of the reasons why we need that is so that we can breathe better. So if you want to be able to breathe properly, you need to sit up straight. So make sure that your spine is straight and your shoulders are relaxed. And you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're not sticking your chest out or anything. You just, and your, your chin is kind of parallel to the floor. So you've got a nice straight spine um, with that gentle curve that the spine has. But, you know, it's, it's pretty straight. So you're sitting up. So you've got the full capacity of your lungs. And then when you breathe in, you want to try and think about, so imagine that your, your lungs are divided into three sections. So you've got the lower part of the lungs, which comes um, for ladies. Uh, it would be just under the breasts. So that part of your ribs that's just under the breasts, that would be the lower part of the lungs. Then you've got the mid chest, which is across the breast area, the heart area. And then the upper lungs, which is at the top around the clavicle area of the chest. So you want to breathe into the lower part of the lung first, then the mid part, and then the upper. And I'm actually doing this with my hands. I'm pointing. I wish I was on video so you can see what I'm doing. Um, so you want to, when we, we're breathing into the lower part of the lung first, then the mid, then the upper. And then as you breathe out, you breathe out from the mid, lower, then the mid and the upper. So you're breathing from the bottom to the top the whole time. It's bottom to the top. And that's to whether top. you're inhaling or exhaling. Yes. Yeah. Um and again, this is the way that I this is the way that my yoga style has taught it. And it, it works perfectly for me and my um my mental health problems. It has it has saved me. <laughs> so I I highly I'm a massive advocate for this style of breathing. Um when we breathe in now, there's a lot of confusion around what happens to our bodies when we breathe in, because what happens when when you tell somebody to breathe in, most of the time people will suck their tummies in and stick their chest out. Yeah, that's and what I was doing. That is, <laughs> yeah. So when we breathe in, we're pulling our tummies in, and I think this is far worse for women than men, and I think it's got a lot to do with. Um, body image and the conditioning about whether women are supposed to have tummies that stick out and a whole other, you know, that's a whole other uh, rant of mine that I like to go on. But when we're breathing in and we're filling that lower part of our lungs, that is actually, if you're breathing into the bottom part of your lungs, that's going to push your um, digestive organs out a little bit. 
So when you breathe in, actually your tummy should be expanding because you're filling a space with air and there is not a space in the world that gets smaller when you fill it with air. So when we breathe in, there's expansion. And when we breathe out, that's where the contraction comes. So breathing in should push your tummy out and breathing out gives you that smaller contraction of the tummy area. It's not the other way around. It took me such a long time to be able to do that because I had a lot of uh, body image issues and the idea of allowing my tummy to stick out was was just intolerable. And it took me a very long time before I was able to do that comfortably. And when it did, everything changed for me. So um, it is worth trying to do it. But it, it might take you a while. It feels awkward. I mean, absolutely. It does. You're, yeah. We are conditioned to think the opposite way, which makes no sense. Yeah, to we explain are. It. Um, no, no, it, it really doesn't. I mean, it's, it's, it's so funny. And whenever I say that to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I've never thought of that before. <laughs> you know, but it, it, it isn't, it, it isn't, a, a, it is breathing in does not make our tummies get smaller. It really doesn't. And the fact that we spend so much energy trying to make that happen, I think is to our detriment. Um, because that deep breath into that lower part of the lungs, that's really good for our health. That's really good for mental health. It's really good for physical health. And we're stopping ourselves from doing it. So, um, and there's there's lots of um, lots of reasons to try and allow the expansion to come, even if it feels a bit uncomfortable. Now, I I've gone from being uh, terrified of letting anyone see my tummy to now I'll sit in front of a room full of people and do that quite happily and do it on video on Facebook and stuff. So you, know, you get used to it after a while. <laughs> so when you are um, okay, so a couple questions: Is the goal to slow down your breathing when you're Breathing? Yes. Slow it down and deepen it. So slow, deep breaths are what we want to calm the nervous system down. So the, um, the, the ideal for just general breathing would be six seconds in and six seconds out. Most people aren't going to be able to do that when they first start. Um, so you would aim for maybe four seconds, maybe even three seconds, because we are generally, you know, when, when, when most people start doing this, um, we're pretty rubbish at breathing deeply. Um, but with practice and with, with conscious, because I, I teach um, a series of different exercises that slowly increases the capacity of the lungs. And that's what you need to do is you need to build it up. It's, it's like muscle training. You know, you, you wouldn't go from not lifting weights to suddenly lifting 100 kilograms. You've got to build it up gradually. And it's the same thing with, with learning to breathe. You've got to train your body and your mind that you're breathing differently now. And it does take a while and it takes practice. It takes, you know, doesn't take, it's not like going to the gym for an hour every day. You don't have to do that much, but a few minutes every day of focused practice on this. Um, will you, you do need to do it because otherwise you could actually hurt yourself if you push yourself too much with this. Um, it is possible to pull a muscle in your lungs. And I know this because I found out the hard oh, way. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I tried to be too clever when I was learning. I tried to expand my breath a little bit longer than I should have and ended up in an awful lot of pain for a couple of That's days. Great. So you do have to be careful with it and you do have to take your time because your body's not used to it. And the thing about breathing is you can do it anywhere, right? I mean, you don't need to be in a yoga class or Absolutely. you can be in your car. <laughs> no, 
It's, it's, I highly recommend doing it when you're in your car, especially if you commute <laughs> and you get stuck in traffic a lot. I really, I, I recommend deep breathing um, as a way to handle being stuck in traffic. It's, it's, it changes your whole experience of it because if you're in your car driving to work and it's going to take you an hour to drive what would have taken you 20 minutes at any other time of day, you're still stuck there. And if you focus on your breathing, you know, you don't do it with your eyes closed, obviously. Um, but if you take those deep breaths in, it's going to keep you really calm. So when you get to work, you're not stressed because of the traffic. You're just relaxed and quite happy. So it's, I highly recommend it in the car. You do it when you're washing the dishes. Um, if you get, if you get caught at a red light, that's a really good little, you can make that be your kind of trigger. If you get caught at a red light, take a few deep breaths. Um, you can do it anywhere. You can do it in the shops, anywhere at all. Okay. So (laughs) first thing, you only breathe in and out through your nose. Second thing is we extend our belly. Oh, everything starts from the bottom third of the lung and we extend our bellies in the breath in. We de-stend them. What's the word? We de-extend them. Anyway, we we contract and we... I don't know. <laughs> we contract our our um our lungs, bottom part of the lungs, when we're breathing out. Yes. So it's bottom, middle, top, bottom, middle, and top. We want it yes. clean. Yeah. For we want um our breath to slow down, and we want to aim mm-hmm. ultimately for about ten breaths per minute. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Well, if, so so yeah, ten. Um, so it would be five complete breaths. So in oh, and in out, and it would be okay. um, 12 seconds each. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So each breath is five seconds. It's not in and out. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you, you Ultimately, you want to get to your breathing in for six or five, and then you're breathing out for six. Um, but like I said, that, that would take a while. And until you can get to that, I would advise... If you can only breathe in for three seconds, breathe out for three seconds. So you're keeping that rhythmic um, breath. So it's equal in length. Um, and then you've got that nice rhythm to the breath. Um, and, and, and gradually build up to, to making them a little bit longer until you get to six. I love that. Okay. Because what I notice is when I get stressed, I do the opposite. I hold my breath. I don't breathe at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I do, I do that. So I quite often catch myself um, holding my breath when I'm stressed, and that's my reminder. Then I'd like, right, I need to really breathe now. <laughs> and I also like your uh, using the stop sign as um, kind of your signal that oh, I need to breathe. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's I another one I recommend is if you've got um I mean obviously smartphones, we I think most people have got smartphones now, or if you've got um like a, a smart watch or an activity watch, you can set alarms on it. So have an alarm that goes off maybe once an hour, something like that, as a reminder to just stop and just see what's going on with your breath and take a couple of deep breaths just to get yourself into that habit of becoming aware of the breath. Because um you know, we, we breathe all the time. We don't really take any notice of it. But like, you know, once you start being aware of something, it, it improves or it, it, it changes. You become more conscious of it. So if you can start to increase your awareness of your breath by these little things, these little triggers to, to stop and think about it, 
and you will notice an improvement in it. Actually. You know, it's interesting. I, I had written myself a note and then of course I forgot about it, but I was going to ask you because ah, I love the Apple watch. I've done, you know, mm-hmm. I did a whole podcast about it and there is, I just remembered a little, um, breathe app on the watch. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is it's sort of, oh, is it called three dimensional where it, it, it grows so it expands and then it contracts yes. and yes. that really helps me. I don't think it's long enough based on what you're telling me, but it's no. probably better than nothing. But it, it's, and, and it's probably what most people can mm. manage. So I, I mean, I've got that on my, on my, um, I've got a, a Fitbit and I've got that and I've used it a few times. A couple of months ago, I ended up having the first asthma attack I've had in five years and I was in a, I was in quite a bad state and I kind of lost my ability to control my breath a little bit because I, I'd been having this asthma attack for three days wow. and I was quite agitated and, and uncomfortable and very unhappy. And so I was using that because I, I, kind, I didn't have the ability to control my breath and to control my emotional response to anything anymore. And I, I remember thinking then that, it was okay then, but that wasn't going to be long enough for me to do it at other times. It was fine when I was having the asthma attack, but when I breathe normally, I breathe longer than they give me. So yeah, it, but it's perfect for where most people can manage. You know, if six seconds might be too long for most people, so it wouldn't help. Okay, so my my final question, and then I'll ask if there's anything else that um, that you think we should know, but I. So what is your mind doing during this period? I mean, is this kind of like meditation? So meditation is um, more about the focus. So so what you're doing, what this is, what the breath is pranayama, as you've already said. And pranayama is all about learning to control the breath. And as I said, you know, once you can control your breath, you can control your mind. So from controlling the breath, you get that mental control coming in there that you, you, you take control of your mind once you can control your breath, but you're using your mind to control your breath as well. So it's like this, um, it's just not simple. So it's like a cycle of, um, I, I have no idea what the actual words I want to use to describe this are. You know, the, the two things feed each other. So your mind is controlling the breath and the breath is calming the mind. So it's just this symbiotic, that's the word, a symbiotic relationship going on between the mind and the breath. So your mind is actually in control here. You're, you're controlling your body through your mind. So you're consciously controlling your breath. And where that does cross into then this, this meditation is that you're, you're developing that focus. Um, you're, you and you're bringing your mind into a state of calm and peace and if you're focused on your breath then there isn't much room for you to start worrying about other things you know and when I when I do my practices very often there'll be a little kind of soundtrack running in the background of other things that I'm thinking about but they're not so they're not front stage so they're there but I'm still focusing on my breath so even though there's this it's like the, the chorus line of thoughts going behind, but the, the lead actor is the breath. Um, so it makes it a, just a lot easier to just get calm and just to, to let go of the, the noise in your head if you're feeling like you've got millions of thoughts running around in there. It just 
shushes them all <laughs> for a little while. And, and then the ones that aren't really irrelevant might just drop off completely. And you might be left with then the things that you actually need to think about instead of the things that are getting in the way of being able to think about that. Um, so it, it gives the mind a bit of a rest really is um, probably the easiest way to describe it. So when you are, so what you are thinking is you're thinking about breathing. Yeah. So I count, um, I, I, I very often, I will count. So I count one, two, three, and tell you, I'll count up to six. And, and that's, that's my focus is counting that I'm breathing for the right amount of time. Um, sometimes you might have a, my chant or have a mantra mm-hmm. or something else, but I tend to count the breaths. Um, and then that keeps me incredibly focused on my breath then. And even though, you know, if you just count in one to six, it's easy to get sidetracked from that, but I can always come back to it. You know, always come back to the breath. Um, and the more I practice, the more I notice when I'm getting sidetracked. I notice when my attention has wandered. And that is where it is really helpful for the ADHD brain because you notice that your mind has wandered and then you bring it back and you come back to counting the breaths or you come back to the chant or whatever it is that you're focusing on. And it just trains the brain to be able to let go of the distractions. Ah. Um, and it's, I, 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 I'm far from having nailed this. <laughs> I'm far from it as any of my posts in your group will show, but it really does help that you become aware of when you're distracted, at least, and you know, you know, so then it becomes more of a, am I going to stay doing this thing that I know I'm not supposed to be doing or shall I do the thing I'm supposed to be doing? It becomes more of a choice then as well, because you're more aware of the fact that your brain is distracting you. Huh. I could totally see how this could help with emotional dysregulation because it just puts this giant pause in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, it has, I, 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 it's, my breath has saved me from probably absolutely torching my life on several occasions. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. So Esther, is there anything else that you think us breathing novices should know that you haven't mentioned? Um, well, that's an open question that could lead to a two hour podcast, isn't it? Um, <laughs> basically, I think the, the main thing is, is, is that this is, you know, people think of oh, meditation, anything like that is really difficult for people with ADHD. And it's not. And, and the one, the thing that I most struggled with when I started doing this is, oh, I got distracted. I failed. I can't do this, you know, and I'm rubbish and I should probably just give up not trying now. But gradually, the more you practice these things, the easier it becomes. And even if you do get distracted, if you're breathing slowly and if you're taking those deep breaths anyway, even though your mind might be distracted, you're still getting the benefit from it. So it's worth doing this, even if you you do get to the end of, you know, if you use say if you use a timer and you sit down for five minutes and you use a timer and then the timer goes off and you realize you spent that whole five minutes thinking about what you're going to make for dinner tonight or something. You still haven't wasted it because you're sitting down and you're breathing slowly. You're still getting the benefit from it. And the, the, the quietness will come with practice. So it's like anything is practice is the, you know, it's just doing it and trying it, even if it's for one minute at a time, 
you're going to find a benefit from it. So don't think you have to sit down for half an hour in the lotus position and it be all very yogurish. You don't. You can do this in any way that fits into your life. If it's when you're washing the dishes, when you're sitting down and watching television with your family, when you're sitting in your car, when you're sitting at your desk in work, you can do it anywhere and you will get the benefit. And the more you can be aware of your breath, the more you're going to benefit from it. I love it. Esther, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge here with us. Um, Is there anything special that you're working on that you want to tell us about? Well, I do have um, a a little free um, mini course that I've created, which is, funnily enough, all about helping people to become more present with their breath. And it's called the five minute breath. And it is a a, a free um, video that I, I, so I've created this video and then there's a 10 day um, follow up email series just to try and to remind you, to encourage you to practice for five minutes every day. And that is, you know, five minutes. I'm sure most people can find five minutes to just sit and watch a video and sit and breathe. Um, and so I would love for people to try it. You know, I think five minutes every day for 10 days, you will see a difference. If you do that five minutes every day for 10 days, I believe that you will see some benefit from that. It's not going to change your life completely in 10 days. You'd need to practice for a lot longer to, to, to really see the massive changes. But it would give you enough of an idea to see how it could potentially benefit you. Um, right. And I, I, would love, I would love to be able to share that with your listeners. So where can they find that? So that is on my website, which is called spacetobreatheacademy.com. And the link is space to breathe academy.com forward slash, um, smart ass breath. I'll set up a page just for the ladies on, just for your listeners. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, space to breathe academy.com forward slash smart ass breath. I'll give you the link so that you can share that link. Okay, absolutely. So I will have that in the show notes. Um, again, Esther, thank you so much. And thank you. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. So that's what I have for all of you this week. As always, you are listening to ADHD for Smart Ass Women. If you like this episode with Esther, please let us know by leaving us a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they can discover their amazing strengths. And you know what? Your reviews really do help in that regard. For me, like I said before, they're like little gold stars we used to get on our work when we were kids in school. One more thing, if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyotsuka.com and leave me an audio message or reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. 
You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.